0: so where is sales going what do we need when we're a supersonic salesperson going forward what are the key skills we're going to need to have well on today's show i've got an old friend of mine david roddick and david's got a huge sales career behind him sales manager sales director commercial director all the big brands he's worked for as well and he's going to share some thoughts and ideas about the skills that you're going to need as a future salesperson going forward.
1: You're listening to the Better Presentations More Sales Podcast with Trevor Lee. Tune in each week for top tips and ideas to deliver in-person and online presentations, demos, sales pitches and webinars that will help grow your sales. And now, here's your host, Trevor Lee.
0: Welcome, everybody. This is Trevor Lee. This is episode 135 of Better Presentations, More Sales. Now, before I introduce my guest today, David Roddick, just want to remind you that I've started to do my own webinars. So... Um, I've got one coming up on the 18th of November, all about virtual selling. It's 45 minutes, 9.30 UK time in the morning. So sorry if that's a bit of a struggle for you in the rest of the world. Um, but anyway, um, if you follow the show notes for this podcast episode, I will put in there the link to the registration for the webinar. It's free. It's 45 minutes. Going to be banging out some stuff all about virtual selling. Now, talking of selling, let's get on an in, uh, with this week's podcast, David Roddick supersonic sales manager director everything you want to know David's got some great insight great experience right let's go over and talk to David right now so ladies and gentlemen welcome David Roddick to the show David great to have you on the show thanks very much for beaming in all the way from Sydney Australia I'm sure you've got great weather there at the moment and all that so you're giving all that up but David welcome to the show tell your listeners a little bit about yourself please
1: thank you Chuck Uh... First thing to say is uh, thank you very much for having me on the show and, uh, and uh, great pleasure to see you again. And weather, weather isn't too bad, actually. It's about 27 degrees and uh, uh, very light wind. So, uh, yes, can't complain about that here in Sydney. Um, so my background is I've been inv- involved in sales and sales marketing for... Uh, well, since the 80s, actually, since the, since 1989, I hate to say, but uh, so it's over 30 years now, um, mainly through media organizations, but um, but also done a little bit of uh, B2C work. And um, I'm that my career has kind of taken me from operational kind of on the field player role where I'm kind of uh, actually doing the, the frontline sales activity through to, to leadership of that of those teams and then into a kind of internal consultancy and especially with a... Uh, One of my roles, which involved um, working with over 30 countries, uh, I started to develop an understanding of the commonalities between sales teams, where they commonly have pitfalls and where they uh, commonly uh, have areas that they need improvement on. Um, And that is remarkably similar. There's diverse cultures and diverse products, and you get very, very similar kind of characteristics among salespeople. So it's been a fascinating journey. And I'm sure you've seen lots of change in that
0: journey as well, David. A lot of, you know, a lot of the people who have been on this show recently have been talking about how sales has changed in recent years and how it's going to change again going forward. So I'm sure you've noticed quite significant changes even in the last few years.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, the pace of that uh, those changes has accelerated over the course of my my career, um, and and probably has never been as fast as it has been in the last six months Uh, with with the onset of the pandemic, I think bringing on a lot of change that was probably happening anyway, but uh, has been really accelerated by uh, the the, the changes that the pandemic has brought on all of us. But um, over over the last, say, five or six years, there's been an awful lot of businesses who have moved into uh, a digital outlook and a digital impact the impact of digital on their workflow has been significant. So we've seen a lot of sales organizations move towards more automation, um, towards more digital ways of selling. And I think when you've, and, and because of digital, because of digital um, availability of information, the bar has been raised, I think for salespeople on what they need to know in terms of having an informed sales conversation. So uh, digital has kind of brought an enormous amounts of, of change to our, our business. And I think re- more recently, um, we've seen obviously this the, the the trend of remote working, and I think we're going to see that as being a, uh, a very solid trend. The Dan Pink calls it, you know, re- results orientated work environments. These uh, we're not going to be all based in offices. We're going to be much more remote in terms of our contacts. In the old days of kind of team environments where everyone's high fiving each other and and uh, you know going up and writing their sales on a board and. <laughs> honking a horn when they've made that sale, left <laughs> me be behind us, uh, and uh, that's where that change is probably going to be permanent. What you mean? No more balloons, David, in sales offices.
0: Goodness nah, me! <laughs> <laughs> They'll still be the the outpost. Well, it's interesting, that isn't it? Um, I um, I mentioned to you in the preamble. I did a webinar yesterday, and one of the things I quoted was a piece of research that had been uh, I picked up that have been done by bain and mckinsey and i'm sure you're familiar with uh, you know them as worldwide business consultants and they did some work um you know, and and they, they came up with this, uh, this, this figure of 80% and they were talking about the fact that 80% of sales will be done in a virtual way by 2025. And it, and it could be, of course, that you know, what we're seeing now accelerates that as well. So when you talk about automation, David, because one of the interesting things that really you know, fascinates me is um, I've always been a big believer that people buy from people. You know, and, and 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 I just wonder how you know how does that fit into the, what you describe as the the development of automation? Where does the where does the salesperson fit in when you've got a lot of automation going on, but you might still need that personal, you know, people buy from people bit.
1: Well, um, I think we have to be clear about what we mean by sales. And um, one of the things that, that I've uh, uh, I've been acutely aware of is that. Sales is usually used by by businesses as a coverall for a whole range of functions. And that can be from back office, um, opportunity analysis, pipeline management, uh, forecasting, uh, to -to go-to-market strategy, value proposition, uh, transaction, trading, fulfillment, uh, and so on. After sales, there is a whole end-to-end process here, which requires very different personality types and very different skill sets. And an awful lot of that, which is in the media, for example, there's an awful lot of it, which is described as sales, which actually is trading and transaction. And right. A lot of that can be automated because it is based on logic and algorithm. But when you're talking about striking a deal and you're talking about, um, when you think about the, the actual fundamentals of sales, it, it evolves from our, our evolutionary um, sociology that as a tribe, as a community, we benefit from being able to trust one another that we can exchange value. And you know, I can go to sleep trusting that you are gonna guard the tribe for me on the basis that um, I will do the same for you when it's your turn. That has kept us alive and kept us um, evolving as a species. That's now become a value exchange that resolves itself on, again, our human ability to trust one another and uh, to look each other in the eye and say, I know this guy is going to deliver value for me, and I've got trust in him to do so. That is something machines can't replicate. That is a very human experience, and so what a lot of the functions we describe as sales, the kind of the, the automation of of um, workflows, of tr- of price point, of and analytics, and of uh, after sales can be moved into the into the uh, the, the machine led space and artificial intelligence. There is still going to be a residual uh, uh, function which is all around the ability for me to shake hands, and it is very physical. This is a real challenge, I think, for for the moment is a very physical experience. I've got to shake hands with you. It's not good enough for me to do this over the, over the telephone or over the internet. <laughs> I need to shake hands with you to physically trust, to get those, those mirror neurons firing, to get physically trust that we are going to be uh, uh, in, a, in a value exchange that, that uh, is based on, on trust. I mean, it's interesting that
0: because, you know, we, we've all, we're all very familiar, and I've used it several times on this podcast with that phrase, you know, know, like, and trust. And I know that some people are, you know, some of the sales gurus I've listened to over the last year or so said, well, actually, you can really step the like and no bit aside. The trust is the fundamental one, you know, Correct. because without that, you know, I'm not just I'm simply not going to, you know, have any sort of interaction, any sort of relationship with you. So in, in terms of the, in terms of that sales role, then, David, you, you know, it is still there. It is still necessary. And it is still that, inter, that human interaction. Is that what you're
1: suggesting? It is, and it is um, if, we have, if we're absolutely true and clear about the definition of what sales is, which in my view is the uh, creation of um, an articulation of opportunity to, um, to solve a problem for a customer. Now, that um, at its heart involves creativity, understanding, empathy, um, it involves imagination, these are things which, again, very, very difficult for machines to replicate. So um, those are for me. that For me, there's always this debate around sales being an art or a science. There is a degree of science to it, but at its heart, I think sales is an art.
0: Yeah. And do you think, therefore, David, that, um, you know, the traditional salesperson, if you like, who's been in sales for 20 years and is now clearly having to adapt not only to the situation we're in now, but what you've just said, is that do you think that 's going to be difficult have you Have you seen that in action where people have struggled to make this transition into this kind of new role almost
1: Yes, I think so but, but and I have seen that I have uh, seen that happen, but I think again we have to be, people have to be a lot clearer about um, what it is about the sales function that they enjoy, uh, and I think we 're going to be a lot more delineated in terms of our specialism um, one of the one of the the um, one of the examples that I use uh, whenever I talk about this with salespeople is um, is the example of the pit stop. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen the old footage of the 1960s uh, pit stops, where the guy <laughs> drives into the to the pits. Only two people are allowed to touch the car. They manually uh, change the uh, the wheels with a hammer to get the um, to to, uh, to loosen the nuts, um, and and the same guy. Uh, who loosens the wheels, then cleans the windscreen, and gives the driver a glass of water so that he can drive on out after about a minute and a half um, of having his his uh, his pit stop considered to be pretty high end. But um, when you compare that with a modern pit pit stop where you have 21 people, um, at the latest count, changing a um, doing all of the necessary um, to the car in in under three seconds, that is. First of all, that's a high-tech high process. Second of all, that involves a lot more people. Third of all, that's incredibly specialized. Each of them is doing a very specific single function and single task, and they could not just simply swap roles and, uh, and do each other's task for them. And I think we need to get really clear about what we mean by, by sales across the end-to-end process. Some people are gonna be very, very good at the, at the front of house, that value proposition, that value exchange, and that uh, face-to-face contact. Some who currently see themselves in sales roles actually are probably better suited to sales administration, sales operations, and back office. And I think we just got to get, get more comfortable with the fact that this is going to become a more niche um, uh, role for each and every part of the, of the end-to-end process. And do you think that,
0: is the, is the salesperson going forward almost the driver of your car, the, you know, and, the, and everybody else around them is the crew, the kind of, you know, making sure that they got all the support and everything they need to, to, to deliver and be successful?
1: Yeah, I, I, um, I, used to, I used to say that, it's used analogy about theatrical production, that people, people tend to hire the salesperson who is the, the actor on stage, and then send them into a theater and say, right, go on, build me a set, write me a play, <laughs> um do the lighting do the music um and of course they're not skilled to do all those things because they need a whole suite of, of, of people systems and processes around them but increasingly we are going to have to do a lot of that ourselves because we're going to you know we're, we're going to have to get more familiar with how all of these things work and we are going to be much more self-sufficient especially if we're working more remotely and as you yeah. say kind of uh, in, a, in a more modern digitized environment we're gonna have to get more familiar with all of these things um well, that, that's interesting. That because there's
0: a there's a couple of guys I've mentioned on the podcast who um, you know been doing business uh, sales stuff for years in the states called Bill Caskey and Brian Neal, and they they did a live stream recently which I sat in on, and uh, they talked about the term salespreneur, and their yeah. view was that a salesperson should be like owning their own territory. So they, they see it as a, as a business, the whole territory and that they become, as you say, a bit more, well, quite a lot self-sufficient. They are them, you know, mini media companies, which we talked about a little bit in the preamble um, mm. where they're, they're, they're putting out their own articles and, and, you know, they're putting their own content together and effectively they're generating their
1: own leads. Well, I think one of the uh, things that I've noticed over the last five years, and you mentioned to your question earlier, is the move. Uh, um, the rapid evolution away now from from what we used to when I was growing up called solution sales. You know that kind of Neil Rackham spin selling. You know asking open questions and and under, uncovering problems so that you can identify need and then lo and behold you've got a product that can meet that. Moving towards this idea of challenger selling, where I have done so much research and I'm such an expert on your industry, business and situation that I come ready armed with a hypothesis, and then I'm already. Um, solving the problem that you may not even know you have, um, yeah. um, that you know I'm giving you um, examples from your competitors and your peer group. This is what they're doing, and they're making a killing on at your expense. And this challenger role, this uh, the idea of salesperson as educator rather than trusted advisor, I think is is increasingly the trend now, and it's going to be it's going to be incumbent on all of us to to adopt that because information so available and people just don't have the time to be able to, to to answer those open questions
0: yeah that's really interesting that i had a guy called chris kenny on from the states on the podcast a few weeks ago and that was yeah yeah that was his very point he said you know find the next problem or the next pain point that the customer doesn't even know exists and and uncover it for them you know now, um, and, and then you're in because
1: they're thinking wow you know this this guy's known more about my business than i do sort of thing you know exactly. so and he's a great, isn't he a great case study, Chris Kenny, if I remember rightly, didn't Chris Kenny build his business without any marketing collateral or website or even business cards? I think he built this, this fabulous coaching business through purely just going into his customer base and networking and making human contact with people. Yeah. Yeah. This did. idea of, yeah. of referral and human trust and human yeah. interaction being absolutely key to the sales process. I couldn't get a better case study.
0: Yeah. And interestingly, you know, when we talk about salespreneurs and we talk about people, you know, putting their own content together and running their own, you know, events even and things like that. Well, you know, we might not see that as a direct investment in marketing, but it clearly is, isn't it? You know, and so but but he was doing that. I mean, going networking to me is an investment in marketing if you do it properly. Um, but it's again, it's not necessarily the the, the traditional. Well, let's bang out a, a half million dollar campaign or something to drive people towards us.
1: I used to work with a guy called Andy Mullins, who t- whose uh, mantra was that uh, there is the transaction and everything else is marketing. Um, and, you know, I think it's an extreme, it's a provocative position, but I, you know, there's a lot of truth in it.
0: And so where do you, th- where do you think that, you know, what's the, what's the salesperson going to look like, David, in, you know, five years time? Have you got a vision for how, you know, if they, if they were coming to you, you know, and you were taking on salespeople in a team in five years time, what would you be looking for?
1: Well, I think uh, to that earlier question about um, delineation and, and specialisation, I think that you'll see two broad groups of, of salespeople. There'll be your strategic influencers, who are problem solvers, creative um, thinkers, uh, experts in a, in a customer and a customer situation, who are doing that um, that uh, that thought provoking sales leadership. Um, and then you'll have your executors and your fulfillers, and they'll be much more like traders, in my view. They'll be much more like um, we, we used to see in the stock exchange, uh, where they're running machines that are making the trades. They're setting the parameters for those machines. They're, they're doing quality assurance on the volumes of business that are going through. But by and large, they are um, they are orchestral conductors, and it's the machines who are playing the instruments. Right. Okay. And so, what about yourself? What you know? What What are you up to? What are your plans? Um well uh having done 30 odd years in um sales environments and sales and marketing environments, i i am now thinking about um where where next to me and, and I'm I'm looking at uh setting up my own thought leadership practice and, and looking at um uh how I can bring some of that experience and some of that um some of those ideas that I've I've noticed and commonalities amongst salespeople in multiple markets and speaking multiple languages uh to uh to the modern uh, sales outfit and to uh, try and help sales teams net, um, in, uh, in in third-party businesses. So I'm sort of looking at uh, maybe trampling on your territory, Trevor. But don't worry, I'm I'm a long way away.
0: <laughs> well, I'd I'd be
1: very flattered to be in the same conversation
0: with you, David. So that would be great. <laughs> um, now if uh, I, I guess. I guess you're happy for people to connect with you on LinkedIn and places like that. If they do, if they're listening to this and they do think it'd be worth a conversation with you about, you know, some of the things you've talked about, maybe you want to, you know, hook up with you or something, or somebody wants to form a partnership with you or get you involved in a project they've got.
1: Absolutely. I'll, I'll, um, you've, you've got my details and I'm I'm happy for you to share those on the, uh, with anyone who's on the, on the podcast. Very happy to chat.
0: Great stuff. So David, if you were, and you know, if if there's if there's aspiring or there's current salespeople listening to this podcast, as I'm sure there there are, what would be your advice for them to to for them to change or start making changes to the way they've done things for the last twenty twenty five years, in order? to, you know, elevate their position going forward and be that kind of, you know, make sure they move away from the pack of the salespeople who are struggling to cope with the virtual life we're now in. What would you you be advising them that they, the skills that they need to acquire and quickly if they want to, you know, be a great salesperson going forward?
1: I think the the key single skill that was going to be required of of salespeople in the next you know, foreseeable future is going to be the ability to extract insight from data. And, um, and by that, I mean, gather as much research as you can understand your subject, your customer subject, even there is never such a thing as too much research. And then, and then just spend enough time sitting and thinking about what does it mean? What does it mean? What would I do in my customer's position? What do I think that there's going on? Frankly, we've had, and you, you must have examples of this too, Trevor, where a number of times, that you, if you, if you walk into a customer with that kind of hypothesis of I think I understand what's going on in your world, even if you're w- wrong, they appreciate the fact that you've taken that time to think about it, um, and that b- builds a relationship that generally leads to a much warmer likelihood for, of, of transaction. Um, so that's a, that's really important. And get good with technology because technology isn't going to go away. So don't put your fingers in your ears and hope it's all going to go away before you retire. It's, <laughs> it, it's not. um and we've lived through uh we've lived through an era i think trevor you and i where uh where certain organizations believed that digital would not bite them before um they they you know took the long walk to the golf course and uh i'm afraid that it (laughs) came too rapidly for most of them
0: yes i remember those days david yeah absolutely yeah yeah (laughs) but no that's 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 top advice and you know there's a when you were talking about the research and doing all that pre-preparation, if you like, there's, um, there's a guy in the States called Brian Burns. I'll give a little shout out. He's got this great phrase, which I've, I, you know, I give him credit for when I use it. It's called give before you take. And, um, and he uses that in all his sales, uh, you know, coaching and things like that. And, and, and he, what he's meaning is exactly what you said is do that work, do all the, you know, and then get, then pr- present it to the company. And they, wow, you've done all this. We didn't ask you to do any of this. And you're kind yeah. of ahead of the game. Then that's his view, and I, you know, clearly that that's one of you. And yeah, the technology really, uh, absolutely, it's it's fundamental. And uh, I've seen a few traditional salespeople that I'm working with at the moment who are struggling to adapt from the, you know, going out five days a week, you know, seeing people face to face to doing it, you know, like we're recording this podcast today. So, yeah, you're right. You can't. It's it's not going to go away. It, it is the. We are now where we are, and it's not it's not going to change massively. So. So, David, it's been great to have you on the podcast. Thank you very much indeed for coming along.
1: Thank you, Trevor. I've enjoyed it very much. Great to see you again.
0: And, you know, wish you every success, David, with, you know, wherever you're going next with your future and things like that. Now, I did see on your LinkedIn profile, it said you were aiming to live in Tuscany and make ravioli and keep goats. So is that still the uh, long-term plan?
1: Well, uh, that was pre-COVID, clearly. Um, LAUGHTER <laughs> But ultimately, if uh, if anyone's out there who's offering me got uh, got a, got a, a spare in you know, a goat herd role going in uh, the or the, <laughs> the, uh, Umbria, then I'm I'm open and available. <laughs> David, I think the offers will be flooding in as soon as this
0: goes live. <laughs> Great stuff, David. Lovely to see you. and Catch up soon.
1: Bye now. Cheers. Bye, Trevor.
0: Thanks very much, David Roddick. Wow, some great stuff there from David. You know, he's a really experienced sales leader, David is. And the two bits that I took away from that were the need to be really good at technology as well as really good at research and the data interpretation if you're going to be a frontline salesperson going forward. And, you know, that neatly links in, you know, the use of technology to virtual selling. You've really got to get to grips with virtual selling. It's not going to go back to the way it was. You're not going to spend your five days a week driving around flying everywhere going to see people face to face it's not going to happen in the way it did so this virtual selling is not just for the next few months it's kind of going forward and that's why i'm doing a po- uh, webinar a pod in if you like <laughs> on the november the 18th so it's the details are in the show notes you can register in the show notes if you want to if you want to be part of that it's all about virtual selling 45 minutes and it's entitled why your clients need you to be good at virtual selling. So that's, you know, their expectation of you now is that you're gonna be good at virtual selling. So that's what that's all about. So when you need help as well, you know, with virtual selling or virtual presenting, you know, and the sales and presentation stuff generally to keep going forward either as an individual or a company, then that's what I do. That's what I'm here to help you do, to stand out from the crowd, to move ahead of your competitors. So have a look on my website, trevorleemedia.co.uk. There's some great stuff in there that, you know, I can help you with and make sure that it works for you. So do get in touch. Love to look forward to working with you. We can have a Zoom call to see whether I'm the right fit for you. And then we can decide which of the products that I offer is going to be best for you that you need right now to help you move forward. All right. And uh, there'll be another podcast next week. Episode 136. See you then.